Welcome back to the Remedial Film Class Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. And I'm Travis. And I'm George. Hey, George. Yes, sir? What's your favorite scary movie? Mm. We asked you this last week, and you had no idea what we were talking about. Is Silence of the Lambs a scary movie? Did it scare you? Not really. Some people. Would it scare my mom? Maybe. Then it probably is. All right, well, then that's my favorite uh, yeah. But it's, I mean, it's disturbing. It's I don't know. Maybe I haven't seen my favorite scary movie yet. Hmm. You will pretty soon. I have a feeling by the end of season three, we'll, we will have scared George at least once. Hmm. I hope. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say three times, but yeah, once is a, is a, is a goal. Nothing is like that first ver- very end of... Friday the Thirteenth. Oh, well, you ha- very, very. You have to figure like out that. what it is that scares you. Like for me, growing up, I was never scared of horror movies. Never scared of horror movies, but supernatural stuff scared me. Mm. So it was like if a movie was supernatural, not super like wizards and witches and stuff, but like demonic. That used to that yeah. used to bother me. So. You just gotta find what it is that makes you scared. Like I slept in the basement. My bedroom was in the basement, and I, I don't think I touched maybe three steps coming upstairs <laughs> from my bed to go upstairs when it's all dark. Like you just feel like you're being watched. You feel like when you watch movies that deal with ghosts or possession. Okay. The it always happens in the basement. <laughs> well, your your house was a den of sin. Yes, according to my parents, yes. because of all those <laughs> movies that you watched. Yeah, yeah, it's it tainted me for life. For those who don't know, Travis is married to my sister. At one point, they were dating, and my parents were like, "No, his house is a den of sin," because he watches those movies. <laughs> now here I am, like watching all those movies. Here you so are. They must be proud. We're going to have to cut that out. Someday, why? <laughs> George is going to be walking out to his car and a van's going to show up and he's going to yeah. get a bag thrown over his head and disappeared <laughs> for a little while. You help me put this couch in my van. The next episode, yeah. he's going to be like, um, I didn't watch the movie because I'm quitting the podcast. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he's been brainwashed. That will not happen. <laughs> Who posted the meme? It was like a... Uh, uh, that roses are red, violets are blue things. But well, how did it go again? It was like it was Jamie Gum or Jane Gum. Roses are red, violets are green. Help me with this chair. Are you a size fourteen? <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Uh, <sighs> and I'm Mrs. Lipman's son. Allegedly, <laughs> I don't know. Allegedly, allegedly, <laughs> still reportedly. not. I still got to read the book to see if Jerry's I can. out. Jerry's I'm out. sure there's a wiki out there. I think I've said that before. I need to just ever <laughs> take ten minutes and. No, we just need to get Ted Levine on the show and just ask him. Call Thomas Harris. Hey Tommy, what's up? Yeah, I like two of your books. <laughs> I like t- three. One three of your books. I like three, three of his books. All right. Yeah. So anyway, uh, scary movies are fun. Uh, they're really popular in the '80s. And then by the early 90s, they were gone because they ran out of ideas. Hmm. And, and then, then... That's a shame. Enter Kevin Williamson. I don't want to wait <laughs> <laughs> for the reaper to kill me. And I want to know right now what would it mean. Uh, hey, Dawson was... That was a good show back then. He used to walk his dog with Katie Couric. Yes. What's up? I don't think George ever saw. I don't know. Any, I don't. I don't know what any of those. Kevin Williamson, the writer of this movie, was like his fame was from like a '90s TV show, kind of like Saved by the Bell meets uh, ER. Red Shoe meets Diaries. Like. Red Shoe Diaries. <laughs> like it was just like I guess maybe like Gilmore Girls or yeah, it was pre Gilmore Girls. Yeah, but I mean like it, it was, was like proto Gilmore Girls. It was very much what the was, same. What feel. was the show? It was just like these four teenagers in this small. Well, what was town, it called? Dawson's Creek. Okay, that's all right. That was and a that's the very theme song you were just singing, yeah. right? Very okay. controversial right. show for 1995 or whenever it came yeah. out. Okay, you were you were singing that song 
and he's talking about the show and I'm like, I know this show. It's in the <laughs> deepest recesses of my brain. Like it's it's buried in there. It was That's why show. I'm like, what was it called? Tell me what it was called. No, I, mean, I remember it. it. I never watched Kate, it. Katie Holmes, you know, gave Tom Cruise Katie Holmes. Yeah, I never watched it, but I I know of it. It's a good show. So anyway. Nineteen ninety eight. So he wrote this. Yes. Cool. Hold on though. If that came out in nineteen ninety eight and Scream came out what year did Scream come out? I thought it was ninety six. Ninety six. So the Scream actually predates Dawson's Creek? What? Hmm. What? Then what did Kevin Williams see I always my narrative was always that he got the fame and accolades for Dawson and then right. he came out with Scream. But maybe my story has been no. He I did Scream. I know what you did last summer. Scream mm-hmm. 2 and The Faculty all before he did Dawson's Creek. Wow. Was he Whoa. involved in Party of Five at all? Because Party of Five kind of came from that same mold. And obviously that came before Scream. No. Neve Campbell was established when she made this movie. I think this movie is how he gets on the scene. Wow. What? Well, wow. Wes Craven. Wes Craven was like, yes, you and I. We're going to do things together. Now, we're gonna re- we've said a lot of things. Have we said that we watched Scream this week? I don't think we said <laughs> it yet. I don't yet. think we said it. <laughs> you <laughs> just did. Cats out of the bag. It'll be in the, uh, the episode description. Show title. Yeah. yeah. So George watched Scream from 1996, uh, mm. directed by Wes Craven. George, have you ever heard of Wes Craven? The name is super familiar. And I also... When I saw the janitor, I was like, I need to know who that was. That was him. And it was him. (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay. I know who, like, okay. That's a a famous person. It's like kind of like the cameo. There's a few cameos in this movie. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, well, that one didn't go over my head. I was like, I know that that's someone important. Okay. Okay. Before you, before we judge whether or not that went over your head, let me ask you a question, (laughs) George. Go ahead. Uh, So you see the director dressed up all goofy in the hallway. Yeah. Is the is the comedy of the cameo the fact that the director is dressed up funny in the hallway? No. What's the He's dressed like Freddy Krueger. Okay. All right. So you know, okay. I didn't want to assume cuz it would be well, even the sweater, more hilarious I mean, if you didn't yeah, know. Yeah, the sweater's so iconic. No, There's I have no seen way. I saw Freddy versus Jason like oh, right, right, right. a million okay. a million years Phew. ago. So I know what Freddy Krueger looks yeah. like. Well, that's good. Yeah. Or or what do they say in the movie? Uh, a uh a Wes Carpenter movie. Wes Carpenter, yeah, that was good. <laughs> Wes yeah. Carpenter. This movie is meta as F. Like yes. AF. Meta AF. Oh, can I can I share my notes with you? I took oh, this no, it's time. notes day. Okay, George. Hit us with those notes. Uh, they're, they're in a marble notebook. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so first off, couple of thoughts. Drew Barrymore. Ugh. Hmm. Okay, the killer on the phone is actually quite scary. Pre-podcast me would have been so dead if the category was scary movie trivia. Mm. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You would have been like, Steve. (laughs) (laughs) Chair through the window, yes. Kill Drew Barrymore already. I can't take her anymore. A lot of hate for Drew Barrymore. Thank God I don't have to watch Drew Barrymore this entire movie. (laughs) But seriously, she looks like the final girl from Friday the 13th, which I guess is purposefully done. Everything's purposefully done. Well, this is I'm just like five (laughs) minutes into this movie at this point. Mm -hmm. Sydney the Virgin, I think we found our final girl. Again, I'm like Mm -hmm. five minutes into this movie so far. Yeah, this is a tropey, tropey movie. Oh, (laughs) dude. I don't know why, but in caps I wrote, even worse than what? Oh, because she says it's even worse than, and then she doesn't say anything. Right. It's <laughs> like, even worse than what? The death of her mother. That just means <laughs> I, was like, I don't know what's going yeah, on. That just means the movie's right. working if it makes you want yes. to know more. Right. <laughs> um, Arthur Fonzarelli. Yes. Hey. I'm like, hey. Deja vu, huh? I'm seriously invested in what the heck they're referring to. Oh, there it is. <laughs> 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 they got to that pretty quick. It was a good payoff. Yeah, yeah. they got to it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so when the killer calls, um, what's her name? Sydney. Sydney. I love her description of scary movies. Mm-hmm. 
right? And then she goes and does the same exact thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what's funny. I noticed that she yeah. runs up the steps. She runs right up. The steps. Oh man, but I, that was cool. How she was like, "I'm calling your bluff. I'm on the porch." Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, "Uh." Well, they take they take the cue of like um, Sigourney Weaver. They're going to make a strong woman. It's still going to be tropey, and it's still going to be everything you expect. Right. But she's at least uh, ahead of the game. They almost like in this. Okay, this isn't in my notes, but like they almost like. They follow the formula, but then they also buck the formula. Mm-hmm. Like that's why it's a reboot of an entire okay. Genre. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> All right. So anyway, wow, Billy's lawyer sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, is Fonzie the killer? <laughs> oh my god, the janitor. Okay, it's not Fonzie. I think that was the uh, the scene where he got. Or is Sliced. it? Sliced. There is a leather jacket in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I just wrote video store scene. Yes. The video store scene. Classic. We watched it like five times. Gabe just kept laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I there was a there was a bunch of parts where I like rewound it just like a couple of like thirty seconds to watch something again. Mm-hmm. Lots of times in this movie. The video scene when that's when like the nerd I forget his name starts. Randy starts freaking out about like the formula. Right. And I was like, okay, this guy. I just called him Dan the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> this guy. I'm like, this guy gets it. And anyway, but yeah, that was a good, that was, that was funny. My sister and I, uh, we'll, let you, we'll let you do your. Okay. Notes. They referenced Town the Dreaded Sundown. Yes. Mm-hmm. Grab me a beer. Mm-hmm. Cat jump scare. <laughs> this movie has everything. It has quite a bit, yeah. <laughs> Yo, so okay, so the scene when, um, what's her name? Garage door, cat door girl, Tatum. Tatum. When the killer goes back to the door and just opens it and it's unlocked, <laughs> like, yo, that's funny. Um, I honestly that scene when she's like. What you're gonna do this? And he's just like, mm-hmm. yeah. Like he's just nodding. nodding. I, oh my I, god, I, it's so I, funny. I love that. He's like, you know, it's like, uh, you know, is that you? What's it? He's just like nodding. No, no. Mm-hmm. no. Shake his head. But he no. just tilts his head and he's like, and it's like, you want to play Psycho Killer? And he's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh god. But then I love her too. She's like, no, no, don't kill me. I want to yeah. be in the sequel. Like, I mean, she was kind of a strong character too. So. Yeah. But so, she, again, scene. tropey. They yeah. still do the tropey thing. Yeah, very. It's, yeah. Um, okay. Yo, Billy is showing up at super, super awkward times. Purposely. Okay. I, they should have called this movie The Red Herring. <laughs> because <laughs> everybody's guilty. All right. So this movie... Uh, this Okay. This movie is beautiful. The final half hour playing out as the nerd dude is explaining the rules. Beautiful. Did not see that ending coming. Final thoughts. This movie knows exactly what it is. Would have been better with some boobs. that's it yes this movie knows what it is yeah and now because of all of our extensive slasher research you know what it is yeah i mean i haven't seen every scary movie but like i knew exactly what's funny is when we started this thing and we did psycho and then we wanted to work our way to halloween and then we decided we're gonna do the fall break Mm -hmm. with jason i realized we're just Doing all this so we can watch Scream. <laughs> like, <laughs> because, you know, this movie's good when you don't know all that stuff. It's and there's a lot do. of things that you didn't even catch that I'm sure. we're, we're going to talk about. I'm sure. But I love your notes. Because, yeah. It's a good movie, man. Can you imagine 1996 Travis watching this movie? I can. I, I was like... <laughs> I could, I wouldn't shut up. Like it was an empl- it was an employee screening, so there was only like ten of us in the theater, <laughs> and we're all just yeah, we're cheering. We're like yes, <laughs> yes, thank you. Like every we were just re- replying to things and and you know pointing out stuff. It, uh, it was such a good. I think we watched it twice in one night. It's that kind of movie, man. Yeah. And I'm sure that 1996 Travis was like Linda Blair. Yes. Because that's amazing that they snuck her in yeah. there. George doesn't uh, know who yeah. that is yet, but he will. Right. Someday. 
uh, one of the reporters. Yeah, really shrieky, obnoxious reporter. She's also in stuff. You'll see her someday. She's in stuff. She's pretty good. She's kind of a horror She's icon. Things, stuff. Things and stuff. Yeah. Hmm. I love the... Uh, I'm glad you liked it. I love the attitude of the movie. Like, it's still going for scary. You know, it's almost malicious. Like, it's more malicious than a lot of our slasher movies we've watched. Hmm. But at the same time, it's kind of billed as a comedy. So the audience is coming in like, ha, 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 we're going to laugh at slasher movies. And then by the end, they're just like, oh, I don't know if that part's funny. What's funny is at the beginning, they set it up that way. And I think the scary movie parody makes fun of that, how funny this movie is. But like I I wrote down one of my first notes was, because I want to know who I'm looking at. When he says that, that's when it changes. Yep. Yeah. Because it's all like, ah, ha, 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 oh, that's the one with the knife. No, yeah. Oh, the Freddy with the fingers. And then, and then and he's like, I want to know what I'm looking at. How did they get Drew Barrymore to do five minutes in the movie? It's the whole Psycho thing. They basically did the Janet Lee from Psycho. Yeah, but how did they switch. get her to do it? They paid her good money. I they put her all over the posters. They basically said, because she was big then. Like, she was... 1996 it was like around Charlie's Angels like it was it yeah. was she was a big star and she's dead in the first 7 minutes right, of the movie right exactly like, how did they get her to do that i don't know it's it's cool i mean i'd love to see Drew Barrymore get murdered but <laughs> i mean <laughs> i i don't understand how they got her to do that it's cool hmm have you ever seen when a stranger calls no cuz it it had that feel too I can't really reference it if you haven't seen it, but it kind of does that whole isolation. Like they they really establish, you know, we're out in the middle of nowhere. No one's mm-hmm. gonna no one's gonna get to you in time. And that whole with the car driving up the driveway taking forever, like all that tense suspense. Yeah, was, uh, it was ridiculous. It was actually pretty scary. Like that's what I mean. That's why I wrote that. It was like, yeah, this is actually kind of scary. You know. Someone calling you and they're watching you and shit. And now, Dan, when they were doing the the question, you know, the first question, yeah, you know, did you notice that they were playing the Halloween theme throughout that whole scene? Yes, a couple of times they actually scored the movie underlying. with with Halloween playing in the background. They did that later too. But they in the beginning with the Drew Barrymore, it's just real subtle and it's oh, it's like halftime, yeah. And it's not, that time it's not from the TV. It is just that the movie itself right. is doing like a one quarter time Halloween theme. Right. Which I guess doing things really slow is a musical like 1996 thing. Cause not too long after that, you've got Don't Fear the Reaper at like a real Paula Cole kind of tempo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Which is funny. I said the game after the movie was over, I was, I said, they, during the movie, he's like, they're not showing me who it is. I don't know who it is. I said, they told you like nine times who it is. You just have to, once you go back, you're going to realize like they were playing Don't Fear the Reaper at the very beginning when he was in her bedroom. Yeah. So they were telling you he's the Reaper. He's the killer. Yeah. So, and that was very Nightmare on Elm Street. He looks just like Johnny Depp. Like there was just a lot of homages to which you haven't seen and yet. He also but. looked a lot like the guy that she put away, yes. eyewitness. Right. She very yeah. much looked like the guy that got the Corbin or whatever they, they put away for killing her mom. Hmm. Yes. Yeah, I noticed that. I was like, oh, oh, she she like swore that she saw this Corbin guy. And when they actually show the Corbin guy, I'm like, oh, he looks a lot like Billy. I'm like, I bet it's Billy. It's a very but then, young but then I thought lots of times during this movie that like, Oh, I bet it, that makes sense. It's this person or it's that person. I, I thought that a bunch of times. Well, they they were basically saying everybody is doing. Even the police chief, they show his black shoes at some point where it's like, oh, well, yeah. It's, it's, is it yeah. Dewey? Is it is it this? Is it that? It's 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 Fonzie. Fonzie's the killer. No, it's he's all not. Over the, place. the two kids that he yells at in his office. Maybe and then they're the one of them. Killer kills Billy. Right. And you're totally fucked. Yeah. What the heck is going? on? You're like you're sure it's Billy. <laughs> oh, and and then the killer kills Billy. What's amazing is, yeah, <laughs> up until that exact moment, they're building Billy up so obviously that he becomes your red herring. Mm-hmm. And then he kills Billy, and you're like, okay, great, he was the red herring, but oh, God, wait, hold on. 
who's the killer now because they're really yeah, who the heck is the killer? they're doing the agatha christie like and then there were none thing where everybody's a suspect until they get knocked off and then they're no longer a suspect but then they cheat the agatha christie thing and they cheat your red herring expectations by killing billy Oh, uh, but it's a fake kill. Oh, but there's two killers. Like that's the that's the key to the whole thing that makes this better than so many of its you know seventies Jollo mm. companions, where they basically stick to a boring formula and then give you a killer that's kind of obvious by the end. And instead, you've mm. got a really nice little bait and switch. Oh, it's good. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. So all the way back to the Drew Barrymore scene. That Dan, did you catch that? When her parents came home, they were in the house. He says, go down to the Mackenzie's house. Call the police. I did notice that. I noticed that, but I didn't get the reference. That's what Laurie Strode says to the two kids when Myers is in the house and she thinks he's dead. Uh, and she gets them out of the, the bedroom. Is the Mackenzie's like, in Halloween? Yeah, she's like, I want you to go downstairs. Go downstairs. Out the front door. Go across the street to the McKenzie house. Call the police. I want to tell them to call the police. There's so many references that, like, I remember smiling Mm -hmm. watching this movie every single time they reference Halloween. And at the very end, or the, you know, the party, they basically, that was my only problem with this movie. It was out of, the editing of the movie screwed up the progression of the Halloween movie. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. So I'm watching, I'm like, wait. He's he broke into the closet a half hour ago. Now <laughs> he's shaking the door again, you know. Right, but yeah, yeah. that's just because I'm a geek. Yeah. But yeah, it's really interesting so that of all the slasher movies that they kind of, you know, name check in this movie, the actual progression of the the action in the movie really just boils down to some Nightmare on Elm Street and a ton of Halloween. Mm-hmm. And Wes Craven, like a, I would expect a lot more Friday the 13th out of him because him and Cunningham were buddies back in the day. Like, I would have expected him to pay more, you know, homage to the Friday the 13th stuff. And really, aside from the thing at the beginning, this is a Halloween show. It's very strange. Mm. But, I mean, it makes sense, right, in the progression of the things. But still. It has a lot of Psycho in it, too. Like, he re- uh, uh, Billy references Psycho a lot. Yeah. Like he says Norman Bates, but even like the whole mentality of the he's like Tommy Jason. He's he's got PTSD to the umph degree. Like he's just like ridiculous. He they've always told the story where she should be the killer cuz she's so traumatized. Well, then she dons like the, the costume. Right. So you but get she a never is affected. Tommy Jason? Tammy Jason? Question mark. Get a little Tommy Jason. You could always I use a little bit more. A little bit more time. I didn't even Jason. I didn't even notice that. That's true. And his name is Billy Loomis. Yeah, I know. That's a little Loomis. on the nose. But <laughs> so you get the Loomis. You know, it's on the nose, but I didn't even notice it. Doesn't matter. Everything yeah. in this movie's on the nose. <laughs> but it's it's like purposely done. It's funny. I wrote I wrote very nightmare on the street, so it's exactly what Dan was thinking. Like I it, it literally felt like a cleaned up version, and when we watch it, you'll you're gonna sit there and you go, "Oh my god!" Mm. Like it's it's kind of like Westworld, Jurassic Park, Wes Craven, fifteen twenty years later, fifteen years, he's like, "Ah, oh, I got more money, got a better cast, cameras are better, really the locations one, are better." The one building block that we didn't give George, and I don't regret, because it, obviously it worked, right? This movie worked for George, uh, but he's never seen a verbal killer Mm. there's a couple of movies besides nightmare that i can think of that have a really effective verbal taunting killer but nightmare on elm street really is you know if not the prototype it's definitely the most effective model for that killer up until Mm -hmm. this movie i think this one does it better well i guess maybe chucky Mm. i was never a fan of chucky but he was mouthy maybe that's why i thought that the like the killer calling on the telephone and well, like I, well, I thought that was like actually kind of unsettling. That was scary. Mm-hmm. And it's the first time I've actually heard a killer talk. I didn't realize it. Yeah. And except it, for like, you know, like Pam Voorhees, but. And it's well written. Like that when he says to her, you know, I want to know who I'm looking at. 
And she's like, what? And he goes, I want to yeah. know who I'm talking to. Like, it's just kind of like, yeah. boom, little things. And then when yeah. he finally says, you know, I want to know what your insides look like. like it's just like, it just gets to, it's like escalation. Yeah. And the voice is so good. And it basically embodies both Billy and Stu. Because he's funny. Mm-hmm. He's maniacal. He's he's zero tact. But then he pulls it back when he has to. Like, to me, that's one of my favorite parts of the movie is the phone call. Yeah, and I mean the the cast. I don't think there's a weak link in this movie. This is the cast you've been waiting for, Travis. In all these movies, yes. Yes. they finally give you a <laughs> cast made up of people who've acted before. <laughs> <laughs> well, it goes back to that that video store scene. I'm just like he uh, Matthew Lillard is is like just killing it. He's earning his paycheck. He's still. Like just everything he says, every little nuance, his his eye looks, his mm-hmm. behavior. I'm like, is he like I I already know he's the killer, and they're purposely making him look like he's the killer. Like it's almost like they're throwing it right in your face because they know at the end they're gonna throw you off. Right. It's good stuff. <laughs> you think she'll date me? <laughs> oh, no, <God>. no, <laughs> no. I don't. <laughs> So good. My sister and I still do that. Okay. Like we do that all the time. Whenever someone <laughs> says something stupid, we're like, okay. <laughs> you hit me with the phone, you dick. Like just all that. He has so many good one-liners. I still can't believe that Courtney Cox married David Arquette. <laughs> they had good chemistry. Did they? I don't know, man. I still don't get tell. it. You can tell there was something there. I don't know. Because both characters are so hollow, but they kind of, I don't know. There was, there was definitely uh, sparks there. Does who and who? Uh, the reporter and the cop. Gail Weathers. And Dewey. Dewey. Dewey with his terrible finger uh, De- on the gun Deputy Dewey. discipline. No trigger <laughs> discipline in Dewey. I saw that. I was like, oh my God, he's going to kill he's somebody. He's going to shoot somebody. Mm. Jeez. Get that finger out of the trigger hole. I love when he picks up the phone. He's like, "Hello," <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what are you gonna do? He's like a kid trying to call school and say he he's is. not coming in today. This is Mister <laughs> Smith, but Billy's got a little bit of a tummy ache. He's gonna stay home. <laughs> Did you notice that I, I said "nappy nappy" when I was watching a the movie? They took the the tropey nap. Uh, Neve Campbell's character. Um, oh God! Yes, she, she took did. The nap. She took a nap. Oh man, why? You got the chair through the window. Yeah, twice. Oh, no, geez. is there two chairs through the windows? I know she goes out the attic. There's window. a bunch of things through the window. Yeah, she falls out into the boat, so she goes out the window. Yep, she gets thrown out the window, kind of. But then you get new stuff like beer bottles to the balls. I did enjoy <laughs> beer bottles to the balls. It seemed very Sharon Stone from Total Recall. Yeah. And let's face it, you're no Sharon Stone. What is this movie's <laughs> deal with Sharon Stone? That's one thing in my like negative category. They name check her like four times. Well, I think when did uh, Basic Instinct come out? Came out like I think the same year. I think I should have seen that. I hear him clicking. He's looking 92. it up. Ninety two. Yeah. So it's in the zeitgeist. Okay. It's been around, but it's just strange that like powerful woman, powerful woman in control of her own sexuality, slutty woman, like. Mm. Any woman character they can think of, the writer just names Sharon Stone. Like, that's kind of gross. Do you think maybe they were doing, because I know they had that little dialogue in the park where they were saying, you know, it's definitely a guy killer because a woman couldn't do that. Like, maybe they were trying to point Tatum I don't, as, or Gail Weathers as being the killer. I There's that clunky, one of the one of the four references is to her having the capacity to kill. I don't know. I just think it's lazy. I think that's one yeah. place this movie falls short. Because at some point you kind of think, would Gail do this to get become famous? Like they were kind of pointing towards that, that she would either help or have someone help her do this so that she could keep the story going. Mm. I kind of get the impression that the writers thought they had done that and then just forgot to do it. Like there's right. enough there that you could be like, yeah, I guess it could be her but they're not putting any effort into making you believe it. Mm. So it fits into the everyone's a suspect. Okay, sure. But, you know, just like the principle, it's like, okay, well, maybe it's him, but it's not. 
I know right away it's not because they're not giving me enough time with this character for me to develop any of it. Hmm. I was pretty sure it was the ambulance driver. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been funny. Damn it, Roy. <laughs> I thought it was eyebrows. I thought it was that. Ethel. <laughs> eyebrows. <laughs> Garbage day. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> eyebrows. <laughs> eyebrows from Garbage Day. Uh, we needed eyebrows in this movie to bite it. Yeah. A lot of people died in this movie, though. Yeah. A lot of them in pretty spectacular ways. And, guys, we finally got guts in a slasher movie. I've been asking for mm. that for 30 years worth of movies. Yeah, the entrails, which got, I don't think was—I don't think they were in the theater version. That was a—that f- was a MPAA taken out in the I beginning. I did think that when I was watching this movie, because like you guys talk about the MPAA mm-hmm. all the time, and I'm like, this is pretty gory. Yeah, this is one of those movies where it's like, let's do it all, and when we take stuff out, we get to keep what we wanted. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah what's the what's the rating on this movie? It's got to be PG thirteen, right? It's R, dude. You I can't have that R. many guts. That's why we, it's R, it's and R there was and no, no boobs. boobs. Yeah, that pisses me off even more. <laughs> well, it's the '90s. We're more progressive. Yeah, we're not just a bunch of Sharon Stones getting our titties out. I guess that's <sighs> true. I don't, I don't know. know. There's plenty of nudity in other '90s. I mean, basic. That, that bothered me about. Uh, I know what you did last summer, because they kind of hinted towards it a bunch of times with. Love Hewitt possibly falling out of her shirt. <laughs> it just never happens. She walks around with like like her cleavage it was in the credits. Like it says cleavage was a character in the movie. <laughs> like <laughs> it's ridiculous. She had like two cleavage assistants just to be yeah. sure. <laughs> Credited in the in the special thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I don't that like, I know what you did last summer. I tried. I came in fresh, open mind. I missed it when I was mm. a kid. It just never when I saw and eh, it was a pale comparison to this movie. Yeah, I liked it back then, but now watching it, it's meh. But back then, I liked it because it had two of my favorite girls of the time. I mean, mm. They were both kind of. I was gonna play a joke on you guys and tell you that I watched scary movie. <laughs> that actually would have been really funny. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? It's like, yeah, uh, Scream's okay. I thought the Wayans guy was pretty funny. What? Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, Uh-oh. Sorry, guys. I think I rented the wrong screen. <laughs> Hold on, guys. He's going to pop it. Oh, it's party time. Excellent. Excellent. Speaking of party time, I had to pause the movie at one point to take care of something with the kids. And... <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, you know, I'm about five minutes in. Cool, we're rolling. I'll pause it. I was 25 minutes into the movie. Mm. This movie mm. flies by. Yeah. Holy mackerel. Good stuff. Well, they, they do a good job at, like, uh, teasing you. Like, you know those kind of movies where you're like, oh, I'll just watch this scene and turn it off. Yeah. Oh, like, My Cousin Vinny, for me, is like that. I, I wind up watching that whole movie, no matter what part it is when I turn it on. Because you just want to watch that scene. Yeah, you just want to watch that at. scene. And before you know it, you watch half the movie. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's this movie, definitely. I actually thought, like, you know how, uh, you know, most of the action in these movi- movies happens in the last, like, 20 minutes? Hmm. I was, I was thinking, okay, well, this movie's about to get rolling. Like, it's about to start, like, unfolding. Like, I think it's going to. There was still an hour left. Mm. And I was like, well, I guess this is not going to play out the way I thought it was going <laughs> to. Not that I thought it moved slow. It it didn't. It was just like, I, I was thinking, wow, this is going to be a really short movie. And then I looked and I was like, oh, this is Well, you felt that way because they already killed Drew Barrymore in the first five minutes. So no, right. no, 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 no. <laughs> I was like, I forget what part I was at. It was like right in the middle, and I was like, oh, it's got another hour. Well, and if you're paced cool. with the expectation of an 80-minute movie, like so many of those 80s ones. I was. And then this mm-hmm. movie does turn out that extra 20 minutes or whatever. Yeah. No, that, yeah. They got yeah. you. They got you, man. <laughs> they did. Got gotcha. you. Be right back. Oh, God. I still, all the time. You know, every time you leave a room now, you're going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be right back. Yeah, I'll be right back. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> God, I do ugh. all the stuff with uh, 
Nev Campbell and Billy. Ugh. Like, yeah. ugh. I don't find that part, any of it, like, enjoyable to watch, you know? It's just, like, broken people being broken for the sake of being broken. I don't know. For some reason, that dynamic just doesn't work for me anymore. I just can't watch it without being like, okay, get on with the scene. Okay. And all that, like, the reference to uh, some pornos or whatever. And that's mm. the way she proposes. They, ugh, gross. Yeah. Ugh. Film school. There's your film school, like, shortcoming, right? Like, ugh. We're not quite ready that for Dawson's Creek yet, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> They had something to say. It's kind of like Rambo. <laughs> <laughs> name it. Name it. Name it. Name it. Name it. Name it. <laughs> I was talking to a buddy of mine, Marcel, who is uh, a listener of the show, and he's not from America. He's from uh, Holland. Okay. And he, for his whole life, thought that when Rambo said, "Name it." He thought that he was saying demons. Huh. I like mm. that so much more. Like yeah. all the Rambo folks hunting <laughs> demons with a hunting knife. Like that's way cooler <laughs> than. I'll get that edited for the 4K. Demons. Demons. So demons, I went and listened demons, and I was like, demons. man, I don't hear it because I'm <laughs> a native speaker and he's, you know, not. But to a non native speaker, it sounded like demons and that's way cooler. So, Marcel, mm. good call, man. Yeah. Mm. That's, yeah, that's heavy. Hmm. Marcel's a mutual friend. He's a good dude. Yeah, he's, he's, dude. he's, he's evolved. Great he's, taste. He's doing the thing. And, and Kevin Harrington's <laughs> listening. That's so cool. Kevin. 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 Anyway. I, I know you had a problem with the way they were doing that, but with these two characters, because it is so, ugh, like, uncomfortable to watch. But it makes the end pay off. Like when he talks about, oh, there's no motive. You don't need a motive. Then how do I have a motive? And then he switches it on or says, how's this for motive? Yeah. And then you're like, fuck. <laughs> like that's messed up. He still could have done that without all the weird porno talk. Yeah, but I think. I, and all the underwear rule stuff. I didn't need that. Yeah, it was it was lazy in a way to try to point out the fact that he, his whole goal was to not make her make her not qualify as a final girl like he just wanted to get in her get her get to her virginity to wreck her yeah it was the way he was going to wreck her see and that's the thing i think i think this is one a case where a movie is written by a man trying to like tell the story of a woman's trauma Hmm. without bothering to like talk to women right who've had trauma so instead you just get this weird kind of male perspective like she's got an underwear rule. She's going to talk about porno and that means I can bang her. Like that's not how girls think or talk. But Kevo forgot to ask girls how how they talk. Or maybe talk to some women. Maybe that would have helped. Sometimes that's what works in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> We're both making that <laughs> face. <laughs> yeah, maybe don't talk to women. <laughs> no, but that's the thing. That so many of these movies are just you know men putting words into women's mouths, and I think mm. this movie suffers from that quite a bit with the perspective of Nev Campbell's character. Yeah, I didn't see it before, but kind of see it now. I mean, she's kind of the uh, the lily white, you know, sheet in in a in a neighborhood full of assholes and and heathens and like she's just totally above they're all normal everyday people and she's supposedly above all that and then she kind of gives in and is she above all that because her mom got killed or is she just above all that and is like fighting against like the coming onslaught of the demons because her mom got killed like there's there's a story to tell there and i think it's really unique yeah to have the killer be involved in such a way that he could disqualify her from being a final girl per the rules of the 80s which don't apply anymore because it's the 90s like all this stuff is there and could be manipulated in a good story and i think it just falls short because he forgot to ask like for an outside voice yeah like how just go to a a woman writer and be like how would you present nev campbell's side of this sydney's side 
and just get some feedback and be like, oh, wow, that does sound really gross when I say it that way. And let me change that dialogue here. Yeah, because, I mean, she could be avoiding it because she knew that her mother was raped. That's never even... Well, that's she does say that she doesn't want to end up like her mother. Right. Or like, <clears throat> not... I don't know, I forget, I forget how she, exactly she said it, but I think she said basically like she realizes that her mother was like, you know, not what she thought she was. That yeah. she was easy, basically, and she didn't want to be that way. Which I relate to that, but also I'm a man. Right. You know, like there's certain things where I'm like, you know growing up where I was like, I'm not going to be that way. I look at someone that's older than me and be like, I'm not going to be like that. So does that mean she was believing the rumors or she just sure. knew that about her mother? She she knew it, but she didn't want to admit it. Okay. But why don't they ever show that she knew it? Like, I would be really interested to see a Sydney who's aware of her mother's shortcomings and actively trying to avoid those shortcomings. And instead you get this Sydney who just doesn't seem to be aware of it until they tell her, until a man tells her that her mom was a slut. Like, mm. that's a weird thing. Like, That would have been good character dynamic with her and her father if she knew her mother cheated on him. And they had, the, mm. they had it out at some point? Yeah, and maybe they had it out and then she was killed and they never rep, you know, reconciled. Or even that just her and her dad have a little, dis- you know. Right. Stop! Yeah, no. Stop! Stop covering for mom. You know that kind of thing doesn't even have to be. Yeah. It doesn't have to be malicious between father and daughter, but they could acknowledge the painful truth and then build from it instead of just being like, "Well, then mom died, but we're gonna hint at it, mm-hmm. and now it's over." Oh, okay. Oh, by the way, yeah. I, I don't. Yeah, know. it doesn't take much to fix it. You know. No, we've talked about it on many movies where you take a minute here, a minute there, and you fix yeah. everything. I got a question. At the end, they're calling from the father's cell phone, which makes him the prime suspect. Mm -hmm. The father hadn't left the house yet, if I recall correctly, at the time of the first murder. Drew Barrymore's murder. They cloned his cell phone. Cloned his phone. It's not his phone. But it's just registered on the network as the same phone. They cloned it? They said so. That's what they said. Earlier in the movie, somebody asked, I think it's Dewey, is like, well, could they clone the cell phone? And then at the end of the movie, when they're putting the phone in the dad's pocket, they're like, cloned his phone, gonna fuck him here, and then put it in his phone. So, Oh, they said cloned his phone. I don't know what I thought they said. I thought they might have said, like, copped his phone or something, like they stole it. Mm. Like, they were actually using his actual phone to make the calls. Like, they... Ran him off the road, tied him up, took his phone, made the calls. Right. But I was like, wait, the first call wasn't made with his phone. Well, this whole plan is like two two years in the making. So this whole plan seems really uh unlikely to unfold any certain way from the beginning. Like it kind of felt like you know, this can't, this couldn't have been the plan from the beginning. I feel like this is just two insane people flying by the seat of their pants, but also pretty smart and making, you know, making the situation work out for them. Right. Like, I don't think that this was the master plan when they killed her mother. You know, just they killed her mother and framed somebody. Now they're like, let's yeah, do something else. Let's, you know, fuck with her. Hmm. Kind of, you know what I mean? Like they're kind of half flying by the seat of their pants, and then half trying to cover up. <laughs> I love, I love the fact that there's there's like super villain expose going on constantly in this movie. Like they're just giving away everything, and then this is what we're gonna do. There's an awful lot of monologuing. Did. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think it's very strange. Like, I mean, it's not a realistic plot. I guess <laughs> we could just, yeah. you know, we're not expecting, you know, if we, if we can deal with Jason being resurrected by lightning and underwater electricity, <laughs> then maybe we can deal with a Tina's dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, okay, uh, fine. And I guess they do in the video store scene establishers at the high school scene, they establish that Drew Barrymore is the ex of one of the killers. And so there's like some motive there, hmm. but it does seem yeah, the grandioseness of their plan seems both unlikely for the first time 
offender. You know, like these guys, they they have the the skill and coordination of veteran murderers, and yet they're only on you know kill number three or whatever. Mm. I yeah, th- I think when she when Drew Barrymore pulls the mask off a ghost killer, her reaction should have been. I knew what they were doing there. Like she, it was almost like a, I know you. Like her reaction should have been more, I know you, because it was it was Stu that killed her, right? And that well, was I don't her ex boyfriend. Was one of the two? Right? She knew him. She dated him. Well, there was two of them, so it was one of the right. two. But I believe Stu did the. Oh no, he didn't, because he was with Tatum that night. But Last if you night. notice, Billy goes over to, Nev- so to Sydney's Billy. house that night too. Like they both, uh, they do a good job on the. Mm-hmm. They don't rub it in your face, but they do a good job of both of them having established an alibi after they'd done the killing, so they could say they were with their girlfriends. Right. If they're so questioned. maybe they both were at the house. They both did it. I imagine that's how they operate yeah. Yeah. on all. I these. mean, think about it. Which door am I at? He's yeah. at both. Oh shit! Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which door am I at? You know what this movie gave me today more than it had before? And I guess, I don't know if I've seen this movie since, like, 96. Like, I remember mm. liking it, and it just it's not a rewatch for me, but maybe it should be. But I was getting serious Columbine vibes. Um, oh. Yeah, a little bit. Ew. Yeah. But not, I didn't think about that when I was watching it, but now that you mention it, it is that time frame. Yeah, it's just a couple of years before. You got the two kind of... Yeah. Creepy dudes. And the one who's a little, like, especially in that last scene, you see who's the dominant party and who's kind of the follower, you know, which is mm-hmm. very much how those two were described. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> when he's describing what he's going to say to the cops when they get there. <laughs> and he's like, I'm just, like, impressionable. And I'm like, peer pressure. Yeah, peer pressure. <laughs> I'm, like, sensitive. Right. <laughs> <sighs> I was like, yeah, that's hilarious. Apparently when he yells, you hit me with the phone, you dig, that's improv. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> Which makes it even better. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Got me, man. I'm bleeding. He kind of had like that that uh, Hudson from uh, Aliens. Yes. yes. Game, game over, man. Please, game over, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's, there's there's so many references in this movie. I don't even know if they were all done on purpose. Mm, probably. Like even the, I, I, I guess because of Dan. The very beginning, before he even makes the phone call to her, they cut to the exterior of the house, and you get that lone swing making that creaking sound. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The house is lit up. Just it reminded me of uh, what was it? Uh, Blood and black lace. Uh-huh. I think op- opens with that. Yep. So yeah, I would never known that. And if you watch Tenebrae at some point, the house, one of the houses featured in Tenebrae, kind of gives me the same vibe as mm. her house at the beginning, True Barrymore's. Gotcha. I've been seeing a lot of Tenebrae around. I don't know why. Tenebrae? Like on my social media and stuff. Because it's mm. amazing and you guys got to watch it. It's going to be so much fun. I think it's because like since I started this podcast, like I've kind of like gotten into some movie circles and like now like Tenebrae is popping up everywhere. I have to watch it before it gets spoiled. Maybe Facebook is listening to our podcast and they're just kind of sending you uh, possibly ads. I was watching Village of the Damned today. Mm. Have you ever seen that, Travis? The original? The 90s Carpenter one. Yeah, yeah. Second Kirstie Alley movie I've seen this week. Very weird. (laughs) Hadn't seen her in anything in 20 years, and now she's in two movies. At one point, she quotes from Sherlock Holmes, and the quote that she says is the exact quote that pops up in Tenebrae. So my Tenebrae ears popped up. Mm. I was Mm. like, oh, that's fun. Yeah, I'm watching Tenebrae this week. Yeah, man. If you want to talk about it, we can make a little bonus feature. Bonus. I'm, sure. I don't know if we need to do a whole episode. We got kind of a syllabus here we're trying to stick to, mm. but we could do a little bonus episode, throw it out after this one. So uh, other than Linda Blair and Wes Craven and Fonzie's leather jacket, <laughs> what other cameos are there in this movie? Or is that it? Those were the big ones that I caught. I'm looking to see if anybody is like uncredited or anything. Hmm. So, wow, Henry Winkler is uncredited. Really? Yeah. He put a hell of a performance out there. Like he was, he was acting the shit out of that movie. If I remember right, this was like his. 
comeback. Uncredited? What does that mean? Like he's not listed. If you look at the credits to the movie, it doesn't say principal played by Henry Winkler. Right. So it's like a surprise, probably to keep it out of the like the variety magazines and stuff. No. If he's not listed, you don't know he's in there. Same way that they, you know, top bill Drew Barrymore. Right. It's just another move right. like that. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. He'll always be Fonzie to me. Same. Always. Although he's yeah. very good on that show. Barry is the name of the show. And so Barry is a huh. hitman who's also in an acting class. And his acting gotcha. teacher, at least in the first season, is Henry Winkler. Yeah. So well, he's around still. I need to get HBO Max. Yes, you do. Just for Westworld. It's like the it's like the only television that's worth watching. Well, HBO. It's like HBO. If you want to sponsor our podcast, <laughs> <laughs> no. I, hey, what is that a month? By the way, I have no it's idea. Like Fifteen bucks. It's not bad. Well, we have Xfinity, and we got it last. We. Went on to HBO Max and logged in through Xfinity. So I don't even know if we're getting charged for it or not. Although when something we'll is out. called Max, it makes it makes me think like softcore S- porn. Cinemax, yeah. You know, when something says Max, I'm like, hmm, a little suspect. Dan, have you ever seen the movie um, Night Shift with Henry Winkler? I have not. No, I was thinking of Night and School. I have seen Night School, but I have oh, not Night seen School, Night yeah. Shift. Night Shift is uh, Michael Keaton and Henry Winkler. What? And they start running they start running a brothel out of a morgue in New York City. What? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Hold on. It's pretty good. <laughs> so it's eighties it's eighties, definitely eighties like pre Batman. Yes. It's like right after Mr. Mom. Directed by Ron Howard? What? Yeah. Oh man, putting this on the watch list. Shelley Long, Henry Winkler. She's a prostitute. So you get Shelley Long from Cheers. Like, she's on Cheers when she makes this movie. She's playing a prostitute, and Michael Keaton is a a hearse driver (laughs) for the morgue. And they're working the night shift, and they realize they have all this time on their hands, so they start running a brothel out of the. And Joe Spinell (laughs) pops up in it. Joe Spinell. Oh, God. I'm in. I'm watching this movie this week. Yeah, watch it. I, I, I don't remember. It, it's a classic, but I don't know if it's like, you know, the kind of nostalgic Travis saying it's a classic. But like that and Money Pit, like all those movies came out at the same time. <laughs> Money Pit. Mr. Mom. Money Pit might be the reason why I still live in an apartment. <laughs> <laughs> My brother does that laugh all the time when the tub falls through the floor. <laughs> it's so obnoxious. <laughs> but it's it's perfect. Well, I'm checking out Night Shift. That looks like fun. Yeah, do it. It's one of Keaton's best things, I think. (laughs) It's one of Keaton's best... Things. Well, I don't want to say performances because it's really not a performance. Things. But it's like, you know, the you thing. Know, the thing. You know, the thing. <laughs> I don't know. Things. Stuff. Things and stuff. Like you said, the last half hour, that that genius idea to have the the delay on the camera that they put in the house. Yeah. Well, and that and Jamie, he's behind you. Jamie, Jamie. Yeah. Where the guy who's playing that character's name is Jamie. I mean, that's... Right. That's in meta on top of meta. <laughs> I love that. It's, yeah, it's meta, meta. Uh, it's so good. I, I just couldn't not see, I could not not see the the uh, out of sequence Halloween movie. It was bothering the shit out of me. Yeah. I was like, damn. Like he's, he even shows him stab the boyfriend against the wall and then he pauses it with the knife out again. <laughs> I'm like, he doesn't double stab him. They go get my beer, boyfriend. Mm. But it's a cooler image, man. You got to serve the movie you're making, not the movie you're showing <laughs> in the background. But it's a good flick. I love that at the end he's like, "I'm like never been so thankful to be a virgin." Mm. Oh, that was such a good line. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, you would be. He's actually doing some good stuff in that movie too. Yeah, like definitely. Gabe, not even knowing who Jerry Lewis is, 
I don't know who Jerry Lewis is. Has no reference to Jerry Lewis, but that I don't he, have any ge- right. reference for Jerry Lewis. Well, he rewound that park scene t- three times because he loved when he was like, <laughs> "Did you put our liver in the mailbox?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like he had no idea that he's doing Jerry Lewis. It was just funny to him. He had no frame of reference for it whatsoever. The gotcha. bit remains hilarious. Yes. So you like Scream, George? I do, man. Kind of scary, right? A little bit. We're gonna little bit. we're gonna find the one that it's really nuanced. gives you the got... the heebie-jeebies. I think we're working our way toward. I've got a couple on in mind now that I know it. Scream kind of did it. I've got some other ones yeah. in mind. It's not it's not quite this one. Th- this was good. It was a little bit scary, like a little bit unsettling. It 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 had a formula, but it bucked the formula. It had lots of fan service and homages and stuff that i get because of you guys right. you're welcome it was it was a good you know good now would movie you have, to build up would to. you have enjoyed it if you didn't have all that background mm, maybe but not as much right yeah hmm. well that's why we do what we do <laughs> <laughs> well travis i think we've come to that part of the show where i ask you to put on a really like bedazzled sparkly jacket and stand in front of the display to show him what he's got coming up next time. Well, Johnny, uh, we're going to stay on the same highway, but change lanes a little bit. Ooh. Okay. We are going to uh, go back to a classic, classic film, Black and White. Black and White okay. alert. Black and White alert. Prepare your expectations. Last time you watched the Black and White movie, you loved it. It was Clerks, I thought. Oh, yeah. All right, the other one. <laughs> Psycho. <laughs> Psycho. Uh, we will be watching George Romero's Ooh. Night of the Living Dead. Stop it. Night of the Living Dead. I really don't know anything about this movie except for that you guys talk about it all the time. Yay, that's all we're going to say because... And that it's black and white. It's black and white. <laughs> cool. Be warned, it's black and white, but it's still good. That's fine. It but not because it's old. It's purposely done in black and white. Cool. Right? I, I love it. It's kind of like, like Psycho clerks. was, where, yeah, like <laughs> Clerks, but better acting. <laughs> no, it can't be like Clerks. Travis no. likes it. Oh, God. <laughs> it's also public domain because they forgot to put the yes. copyright disclaimer on the first frame, and so, like, anybody that wants to release it can release it. Nice. If I understand I like, copyright law correctly, which I don't. This I have about 19 copies of. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. <laughs> because every, t- every time I see it, I'm like, oh, I'll buy it. So, <laughs> that cover's cool. Yeah. Because it's f- basically free. It doesn't cost you anything. Yeah, buy another one. Buy another sure. one. Get rid of that one. Keep this one. All right. Well, then I'll take a copy then. Yes, you will. Cool. That you will not have to watch on here. I have plenty. I won't have to pay for it on Amazon. <laughs> if Amazon wants to sponsor the podcast, mm. no, it's fine. Mm. You just or be giving yourself your money back is all. Kind of. And that's okay. The company store and such. Thank you for joining us on the Remedial Film Class Podcast. As always, you can find us at facebook.com slash remedialfilmpod, or you can join the Extra Credit Discussion Group on Facebook by going to groups slash remedialfilmpod. Also, Twitter and Instagram at remedialfilmpod, and heck, Gmail, remedialfilmpod at gmail.com. We'll see you back in two weeks for Night of the Living Dead. They're coming for you, Barbara. Should George watch Scream 2? Eh. Did Scream need a sequel? Not counting box office and money. Like, did the story need to continue? I like what they did with it, but it's not necessary, if that makes sense. They at least did something different. It was better than I still know what you did last summer. Okay. Hmm. I would say that. It was better than all the Friday 13ths. Whoa. After six. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. Nope. Right. Except, was, for, except it, for the remake. It was way better than part eight, nine, and ten. Disagree. Yeah. Yes. The reboot, Jason, was good. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. That, I, but that, I don't put that in the same trilogy or the same. It's not. It's genre, not yeah, the, it's what do you call it? The same saga that's on its own. It stands on its yeah. own, yes. They keep saying, oh, well, that's the 11th movie in the 
they're trying to build it the 13. I'm like, no, it, no, <laughs> it's its own thing. It's really and looking it's, like Halloween is going to get 13 movies before Jason gets 13 uh, movies. That's pretty yeah, funny. There's another lawsuit. Hey, guys, let's visualize it real quick. It's October of 21. We've all had vaccines. We can go out in public and fly on planes, and my ass is in New Jersey watching Halloween Kills. Good shit. I hope that happens. Wouldn't that be great? I cannot wait to go to Crystal Lake Diner with you <laughs> and then go trick-or-treating in Haddonfield. I hope that happens. I mean, I really hope 2020 or 2021 plays out that way. I really do. I don't know if it will, but I hope it does. Hmm. Hope is all we have. And movies. <laughs> we have hope in movies. 